Welcome to Along the Way with Trudy Kathy White. Trudy is the daughter of Jeanette and Truett Kathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. And like her dad, she is a beloved leader, communicator, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, Trudy will share a heartwarming collection of true stories with lessons she's learned along the way and remind you that the legacy you'll leave then is the life you're living now. Here now is your host, Trudy Kathy White. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Along the Way. I'm Trudy. Well, at least that's what most people call me. But I have had my share of nicknames through the years. Let's see. I was Chatty Kathy in elementary school. Not so sure how I got that name. I used the call name Chicken Little over the CB radio when I was in college. And for those who know me from the world of Windshape Camps for Girls at Young Harris, perhaps you know me best by the name Queenie. So what about you? Did you have any nicknames growing up? Or maybe you still have friends who use a name of endearment when referring to you? You know, it's kind of funny, but if I'm out with my husband, John, and someone comes up to us and says, oh, hey, Buck, how have you been doing? Well, without even being introduced, I immediately know that this is a friend who has known John since he was a little boy. Everyone called him Buck growing up. But of course, I don't even attempt to use that name with him now. So many families have special names, jokes, traditions, or just words that only make sense to members of their family. My family is no exception. For instance, when we pass a car wreck on the road, we usually say, whoops, there's a bump em up, instead of saying that we saw an accident. And if you've ever been in an elevator with me or my brothers or other family members, you, or maybe I should say the back of your knees, may have fallen victim to a prank that we love to pull and we call it the elevator party. You know, I think inside jokes and traditions, at their heart, they give us a sense of comfort and real belonging. What a blessing it is to find a similar sense of belonging in an eternal family. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we are ushered into a family that will last forever, sharing one Father. Just like our earthly families, our Christian family shares a special set of experiences grounded in God's love that transcends all nationalities and languages. I experienced this firsthand while our family was living in Brazil. We had been in the country just a few days when our colleagues introduced us to a Brazilian woman named Cleosa who had agreed to help us in our home. Now, Cleosa had been a Christian for several years and had four children. It seems like they were between the ages of 8 and 14 years old. Cleosa and her family lived in a favela in Campinas, the city where we were living and going to language school. Now, in the favelas or slum areas, you know, they're just these mazes of shacks, mostly constructed by cardboard, leftover wood, and bits of crumbly brick. The living conditions there were difficult, to say the least. But out of that desperate environment, God sought to teach me something about my faith family. In addition to preparing our lunch each day and helping with household chores, we asked Cleosa to watch our two preschoolers, Joy and John John, while John and I would be away at language school every afternoon. Leaving the children every afternoon was quite a challenge for me. I loved being a mother, and I wanted to be there for my children, especially as they were adjusting to a very unfamiliar place. And to be honest, I was a bit uncomfortable leaving them in the care of a woman that I didn't even know, even though she came highly recommended and had the trust of our peers. 
But God used those days with Cleosa to teach me an unforgettable life lesson on the mission field, how he makes himself known to his children around the world. You see, Cleosa and I spent several days together to get better acquainted and to give the children time to become comfortable with her. It also gave me a chance to communicate our routine to her. Now, communicate is really an overstatement. She didn't understand English and I didn't understand Portuguese. We basically spent two days motioning back and forth as I tried to explain how to care for the children and to get her familiar with their routines. I remember she accompanied me throughout the house observing how I did things in our home. Then at some point, I attempted to communicate our son's nap schedule. At two o'clock that afternoon, I pointed to my watch and I went to get John John. She nodded to indicate that she understood she was supposed to get him at two and put him in his bed for a nap. Now, I always spent time with the children, kind of patting them on their back as they drifted off to sleep. So with Cleosa by my side, I took her hand, I stretched it out, I laid it across John John's back. Together, we were patting him. She looked at me with a slight smile and a little nod. I smiled back, and it felt like this was a win for both of us to come to this understanding. Her friendly, willing manner was such a blessing to me, but I was still a bit anxious, to be honest with you. It was important to me that Cleosa do the same sort of things that I would do with the children. I mean, we were in a new country with people who lived and talked differently. It just seemed like something needed to be the same for our children, Joy and John John. I wanted them to at least have the security and the consistency in their daily activities at home. So with John John now still in his bed, I attempted to communicate the next little step of our nap time ritual. I wanted to convey to Cleosa that I also sang to the children as they were falling asleep, but I didn't know if she even sang or even what song she might know. So I decided just to start singing and just see what happened. I started softly. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Cleosa listened. When I got to the chorus, she joined in, singing along in Portuguese as I continued in English. It was amazing. On the last line, I heard her singing, Cristo me ama, a Biblia Jesus As we finished that song, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. My parents had told me since I was a little girl that people all around the world loved God, and I had long ago memorized John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. But for the first time in those precious moments sitting right there by Cleosa, it dawned on me how great our God truly is. How awesome his love is, surpassing cultures and continents. Here was a lady sitting beside me, speaking a language I could not understand, having lived a life I could not even hardly imagine, and she was singing of God's love. At some point in her life, God had reached down into a favela in Campinas and touched the heart of this precious lady, demonstrating his love for her in such a way that she accepted him and became his child, just as he had touched my heart thousands of miles away in a small town in Georgia decades earlier. Language is no barrier for our Heavenly Father. He can call his sons and daughters in any tongue, at any place, at any time. It was then I understood that God was, and still is, communicating to people 
all around the world, and he didn't even go to language school to figure it out. Wow. There I was, struggling so hard to communicate with people, overwhelmed with the many cultural differences that I would need to master in order to share Christ meaningfully. But God, God showed me clearly that this was not a challenge for him. As different as our lives had been, both Cleosa and I had been made a part of God's family through the blood of Jesus, and we had no problem communicating and understanding an expression of his love. In fact, at this very moment, he is at work in the hearts and lives of countless people in every corner of the globe to bring to fruition what we're told in Isaiah eleven nine. Listen to what it says. As the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. Wow, this knowledge brings a fresh understanding of the limitless power and the love of our Father and the love He has for all people. Going back to our conversation about family traditions, how do we see that play out in our global Christian family? My mind goes to common observances that we practice, such as communion or remembering the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But I also think about the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5. They are like family traits to those of us who follow Christ. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness. <laughs> I can't wait for the day that we all stand reunited in heaven before Christ's throne as one family. Now that's going to be a great day. But until then, how are we sharing these followers of Christ's family traits to the world? Or maybe even just to our own family at home? You know what I prayed today? I prayed you would be encouraged to think about how you are living out your heritage of faith and also the heritage found in your own earthly family. What are some unique traditions or words or even experiences you share? How have these family ties created a special closeness in your family relationships? Or how might you enhance those bonds even more? I wish we could chat about it together over a cup of coffee. Well, actually, you can have the coffee and I'll stick with tea. But I hope you do feel challenged at least to find someone that you can consider these questions with in greater depth. And hey, don't forget, I'll see you back here again soon for another episode of Along the Way. That concludes our time together for today. To find out more about Trudy, visit TrudyCathyWhite.com or follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. By pondering the lessons in this podcast, you'll move one step closer to having your own meaningful collection of lessons you've learned along the way.